we are very human. We don't walk around with a curated filter on us every day, right? And if that's the only way you show up online, you're doing a disservice to yourself and to the people that follow you because you're showing them that the only way to show up is perfection. Yeah. That's just not it. Life is messy. Bodies are messy. Business is messy. And it's okay. It's okay to be knocked down occasionally, but it's also very okay to get up and dust it off and do it again. Providing inspiration and community for women in business of Middle Tennessee. This is Powered by Her with Tiffany Anton. Welcome back to Powered by Her. Thanks for joining in. I am Tiffany Anton, and I am so, so, so excited today. I've um, kind of fangirled a little bit. I have Caitlin Guild here today with Caitlin Scott Photography. Thanks for coming today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to meet you. <laughs> you are um, a photographer and you kind of have a different niche of photography than um, the average photographer. Tell me what you do. So I am a size and gender inclusive boudoir photographer. I'm based in Raleigh and I help humans feel seen in the skin that they're in uh, through intimate portraits of themselves or them and their partners or them and their partner. Uh, and I have a studio here that has a size inclusive wardrobe and I just welcome anybody in that really is striving to feel seen in their skin. That's my goal. So I think one thing that drew me in, I found you on TikTok and, um, as we, we mentioned earlier, um, it was kind of Valentine's day and your goal was to help people take selfies of themselves, which is a weird thing in business because you're allowing people to know how to do your craft themselves. So, um, there's, there's an element of that that we'll talk about business-wise in a little bit, but, um, what was your goal with that Valentine's day of, you know, just trying to get people in their romantic mood? I mean, what was your thought on that? So I, I know that boudoir is a luxury. I sell a high-end luxury product. And for the majority of the people in this world, it is not obtainable to go out and spend the kind of money that I'm asking you to spend on a boudoir shoot. I don't think that should limit your ability to have dope, sexy photos. I don't think you should have to go to a pro in order to do that. I think knowledge is power. And if you have the ability to feel better in your skin by taking super cute photos at home, not only do you become a better person, but you make better decisions in your life. You feel more grounded. You become a better employee and a better employer. Uh, you become a more well-rounded individual when you feel better in your skin. And in order to feel better in your skin, you have to see your body. And in order to see your body, you got to get in front of the lens, whether it's your, uh, your mirror at home or in front of your actual lens on your camera. And to me, allowing people the opportunity to have the knowledge to do it at home gives them the gift of self-love on their own. They don't have to have permission. They don't have to have the funds. It takes out like the major barriers of entry for a person to feel better in their skin. And that's my whole goal and why I do what I do every day. One thing I find kind of interesting about what you're doing is that um, when you think of the thought, I mean, even the where, where Snapchat was invented was kind of this way to take spicy pictures to send to somebody else. Um, yeah. but that's not necessarily the goal and the encouragement of what you're doing. It's just here, have these pictures so that you can see yourself in a different light. Um, yeah. so where, what, what do you think that that has changed, um, people's outlook? How do you think you, what's yeah. the that you think you're having? So for me, I, 
we've been told our whole life that we are on this planet for somebody else's gaze, usually the male gaze, right? And our bodies are hyper-sexualized by the media, by the people around us, right? So being able to reclaim your own sexuality and, and feel grounded in your skin is such a gift. And if you can do that and you can do it on your own, you have unlocked an entire set of freedom that you didn't know even existed, right? Because you're reclaiming what's been uh, what's been weaponized against us. We're reclaiming it and saying, I'm doing it for myself and not for you. Now, if you have a partner and they get the gift of seeing these photos, that's a different story, right? You've given the permission to see your, your photos, but you're not intentionally taking them for them. They're, you're taking them for yourself first. And I think that's a big piece of why it's so important to do it. Well, and how often do we as women or, or maybe people that you work with um, feel conceited if they look at a photo and say, mm-hmm. yeah, I look good or feel good about themselves? Like as women were, you know, and, and you talk about this on your website as we're too much, we're too loud, we're too tall, we're too short, we're too everything. Um, yeah. And so to like take that ownership of like, yeah, I look good and I feel good. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe starting with that self-dialogue um, yes. and saying things that you don't want to say in other, in front of other people. Yeah. Um, well, and even allowing yourself to feel that like, like we've been told our whole lives that we're never going to fit in the box that society gives us, right? You're, you're never going to be the perfect. And even if you are the quote unquote perfect, you're never going to fit. Right. And so if you can take these photos and look at them, I don't even need you to feel positive about them. I need you to feel neutral about your body. And know that your exterior does not define your worth, does not define who you are. If you can feel good about the body that you're in, we've done our job. But if I can get you just to feel neutral about it and look at your body and not go, I hate every bit and wiggle and all of that. And you could look at your body and just be like, that's my body. At some point, it'll go from neutrality to just like mm, feeling mm, about your body too. Oh, I really like my hip dips in this photo. Oh, my cute little back rolls in this photo are adorable. Oh my gosh, look at how my belly sits right there. Like if I can get you to neutral, I can get you to positivity, right? At least on bits of your body. You're never going to love your whole body. How many women do you think, and I have no idea the percentage of this, but how many women do you think feel positive about their bodies naturally without trying, without like focusing on like, okay, I'm going to try and not feel negative about my body. I would 100% say less than 10% of us on this world. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, I feel like those of us that grew up in the nineties, um, you know, it was just supermodels, tall, size two, size four, like, you know, this 110 body weight image. And it's like, I never thought that there would be a place for someone like me that was a curvier girl that, I mean, literally since I wore a bra, I was a curvier girl. And it was just like, well, this isn't the idea. And as I've gotten older, I've realized, A, not everybody likes that, you know, size zero size two kind of thing. And everybody has different, just as women have different preferences of we what we like, bald yeah. or bearded or whatnot. Men yeah. have preferences as well, or or even women, you know, of, of, of body ideals. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when, when you can realize that every single person on this planet is walking around with insecurities, you stop hyper-focusing on yourself because Think about how often you think about your body when you're out in public, right? 
every other person on the planet is doing exactly what you're doing. So we're hyper-focusing on what other people are thinking about us. Nobody is thinking about you. No one, not a soul. We all have our own insecurities, right? So like being able just to feel neutral in your body allows you the opportunity to realize, A, people aren't thinking about you, but it also creates space to help shine some light on other people. When somebody's walking by, if you compliment, oh my gosh, your skirt looks so cute today. Dang, your hair looks so good. That lip color is great on you, right? You are allowing yourself the freedom to not only feel good in your body, but also help other people feel good in their body. And I think that's the one thing that we don't talk enough about is like, yes, sexy selfies are great, but really it's just the sunshine that you're allowing into your life. I have to allow into other people's lives. Really, well, I more think than so anything. often people don't realize how harmful and negative they are in their self-talk. Um, yeah. I was in a therapy session a couple of years ago and somebody was like, well, you realize you have body image issues, right? And I was like, no, I just know where I rank. <laughs> I said, I know I'm not hot. I know I'm not terrible. I just know where I rank. And she was like, do you understand the, co- like, what that, like, if you said that about your friend, would you be okay with that? Or somebody said that about your friend. I was like, Somebody no, about I- them. I kick their butt, you know? And so, um, it really took a, somebody else pointing it out. Cause I literally thought I had, I was okay. I was like, you know, I just understand the bigger picture and it's like, right. no, your self-talk it, and, and like, and those, those thoughts just even in your body, they, they can have negativity that come out in the way you think about yourself as, you know, yeah. a mother, a friend, a wife, a, you know, business owner, that negativity yeah. can come across those self-doubts, um, you know, can, can bleed ac- across the lines. They very, they very much bleed across the lines. Like I, before photography, I was in a male dominated sales job. I was in sports sales and the, the swag that you have to have as a female working in sports, right? Like you have to do better than the boys and then some, right? And the confidence that I had in myself and my body, I think really helped that. Had I been insecure, had I not felt like the boss that walked into the room, right? I would never have sold anything. Nobody would have believed me, right? And so I know that how we feel in our bodies has a direct representation of how we show up for ourselves, the decisions that we make, how we show up as a mother, a sister, a wife, a daughter, or an employee, right? It bleeds across every surface, no matter if you think it does or it doesn't. It absolutely does, right? And I just think it's so important to know that you can do the things that you want to do confidently without having to think about your exterior. Where do you think your confidence comes from? Like where, why were you in in this male dominated field? Where, where did you get, draw that from? Well, that confidence stemmed from the fact that I could literally sell ice to an Eskimo. Like I had no shame in that game. Uh, At one point I was working in LA for the Clippers and I was making like 160 phone calls a day. I'm super competitive and I've played sports since I was two. I played basketball through college too. So like, I think a lot of my swag and a lot of my confidence comes from that. Like you can't outwork me. You can't, you can't do better than I can because you're never going to outwork me. That was my mentality. Right. And now in this field and in my body currently, uh, realizing that everybody had the same insecurities as I did allowed me to have the confidence to go out in the world and be like, okay, you have it too. And 
<laughs> and I just, I, it's like, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't feel like there is room for insecurity ever. Yeah. Well, it holds you back. And, and I yes. think that hustler attitude of like, I'm gonna, I, you can't out hustle me. I'm, I'm fairly competitive person as well. And so it's like, I, I have um, insecurities for sure. And I'm pretty honest and open of like, okay, yeah, I do worry about this or that, or, um, you know, I just in general, but I think that helps me be relate. I mean, people are always say to me, you must, you're, you can't be insecure. You seem so confident. And it's like, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean the monologue isn't similar to the monologue you have. I just harness it in a way that I'm going to keep going and I, w- I want to win. So. <laughs> so what made you, where was that transition from you're working in sports and mm-hmm. then you decide, okay, I see this, um, you know, and there's a bit of therapy to what you're doing as well. So to go from sports sales to photography, a, and then kind of this therapy with, with women in general, what was, what was the tradition, that transition and why? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a convoluted story. Um, the long and short of it is I've had a camera in my hand since I was four. My parents bought me my first camera, a little point and click film camera when I was four. And I've been the girl that had a camera in her hand her whole life. Well, my dad passed super unexpectedly in 2012 uh, when I was working in sports still. And we had just scheduled our first family shoot in like years. It's gonna, my, me and my brother were both going to be home. We were going to do a family shoot. Well, the long and short of it is two weeks before I got there, we got a call that he had passed. So we missed that opportunity to have like updated professional photos and all that stuff. Well, I bought my first pro camera with his life insurance money and I started shooting literally every single game I would carry my camera around from 2012 to 2016. I had it on me always. It was like an extension of me. I mean, I, I literally carried that thing everywhere, everywhere I went, my camera went. And in 2016, we parted ways unexpectedly a little bit. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try my worst case. I'll move home. I'll figure it out. I'll get another job working in sports. But I was like, let me just try. And I did. And my first company was called Cali Clicks. And I shot weddings, events, real estate headshots, like all of the things. And in 2017, I realized every single session I went to, everybody was like, you're going to Photoshop this. You're going to make me look thinner, younger, more fit. You're going to erase these wrinkles. Don't do my hair. Do my hair better. Yeah. And I just, I would go home and I would ache. One wedding specifically, a mother of the bride, the mother of the bride literally missed the entire day because she was chasing us down to not get photos from the side. And like, babe, you missed your whole day. You missed the whole day. Right. And I would go home and I would ache. And I just thought there has got to be a space that I can create where people can show up and be seen for who they are, how they are today, not in 10 pounds, not in two years and be authentic. And that's where Kate oh got And not in 10 pounds, because I think maybe, maybe you made a TikTok about that of like, you know, oh, I want to buy this outfit. When I lose 10 pounds, I'm going to, you know, wear this outfit. And, yeah. and for, for me, I, mine was a two piece swimsuit of a, a legit sea skin in between the top and the bottom. Um, yeah. <laughs> never done that in my, I was a tankini kind of girl. Um, okay. A couple years ago, I was going on a, we were going to uh, the keys with my best friend. And I was like, I'm not going to know anybody there. What do I care? It's just me and her. Yeah. And so, and she is um, much 
less curvy than I am. And so we okay. bought matching swimsuits and we both oh. wore them and we were like, you know what? I, I don't, it is what it is. And there was literally skin showing in between. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I was just, I was, I was like, okay, this is who I am and I'm going to go with it. And so, um, I, you know, I was raised in a somewhat conservative household. And so it was like, don't show too much. But then, you know, I think there is this fine line of like, kind of keeping the goods for yourself, but then being shameful when you're kind of taught that. Um, yeah. Do you have any advice for women that are kind of in that space of kind of dealing with that conservative of not wanting to show too much, but then being proud of, of who they are and where they're at and not shameful about their body? Yeah, uh, I do. I would say um, shame is the number one barrier for feeling good in your skin. Uh the generation that raised us was raised with a lot of shame. Um, they were steeped in the idea that your body is for your partner's gaze only. And uh, you should feel ashamed if you show it to anybody else. Uh, we were also taught that our bodies should be as small as possible. And if they're not as small as possible, you need to cover them up and hide because that's embarrassing. And I think for women that are in that phase of life, you have to sit down and realize what's going to feel good for you. Sometimes a tankini is going to feel way out of the box and like scandalous to you, right? Sometimes a thong bikini with a little triangle top is going to feel scandalous to you, right? So sitting down and realizing what's going to make you feel really good and really empowered is the number one thing that you have to do because everybody's going to be different. And then realize that the shame that you were taught was not yours, it's not our shame. It was the shame that was given to us, right? So being able to release that shame and just know that we are our own individual and we can decide what feels good and what doesn't with or without the shame, right? Because it wasn't ours. We're not born with shame. Shame is taught. And it was taught to us, whether from media or your immediate family, right? Mm -hmm. um, being able to let that go and know what really feels good, you have to do some soul searching for that. So really interestingly do. enough, um, on a previous episode, I interviewed um, the owner of Honeymark, which is a modesty swimsuit that's a romper. And so I had a conversation with her and I said, in this body positivity, everyone should kind of show off everything. You have a product that could be like body shaming. And she said, well, not everyone's comfortable in a two piece, you know, a, a string bikini. And so I think that that's a really... Um, a really key point is kind of having the difficult conversations with yourself of, do I not want to wear this swimsuit because I'm not comfortable in it or do I feel shameful in it? And so I think um, in general, the way, you know, whatever we do with our body, however we wear the clothes, um, are you sitting at home thinking, I mean, I was that, that's how I was about wearing a hat. Um, I always thought, oh, those people with the wide brim hats are so cute. I wish I could pull that off. And I'm like, right. Oh, the way to do it is to put the hat on. <laughs> like, I was like, just put the hat on. <laughs> but I think that so many people feel like I wish I could. Yeah. But I can't. And so I think that's um, not feeling comfortable. Okay. I hate the way that, you know, the hat makes my hair feel or whatever. That's a different story than I wish yeah. I could. And so I think there's so many people that kind of have that I wish I could attitude. Yeah. Well, and uh, Brene Brown talks about her gremlins and you know how you have to bring them to the light in order to see them. Right. So when you feel shame, unpack why you feel shame. Is it because something happened to you in your life? Is it because somebody made a snide remark when you were five? 
Is it because your mother felt shame in her body? Is it because your grandma told you that you were fat? Like why figure out the root cause of why you feel shame? And oftentimes it's comments that were made to us growing up. Like, oh, honey, that suit doesn't look good on you. So then you were as one piece the whole your whole life because you're like, well, my mom told me when I was five that I looked too chubby to put this two piece on. Okay. Moms are terrible. Moms say the worst things ever. Right? Like, <laughs> and? And you've held on to that for how many years of your life? Like, let it go. Let it, let that shame go, right? Shame is something that you're taught. It is not something that we innately are born with. And unfortunately, our society sort of lives in steeps in shame because if someone feels shameful about themselves, they feel like they need to spread that shame to other people because how, how dare somebody have the audacity to feel good in their body, right? So when somebody sees somebody who's happy and joyfully living in their wide-brimmed hat or a plus-size body in a bikini... People go, oh no, we were shamed our whole life. How dare you feel good in your skin? And you just have to know that that's theirs. It's Mm -hmm. not ours. And so if you let that stuff go, especially when you're taking sexy selfies, right? Especially in the South. I mean, we live in the Bible Belt. I'm not very religious, but uh, there is a lot of shame around bodies and sexuality in the South. And knowing that once you break through that, there's a lot of freedom where you can make your own decisions about your body. One other thing I want to touch on as a um, business owner and a social media person that you've um, kind of become is that you, another um, campaign that you started running was a hundred days of a hundred spicy selfies. Um, And then you put this pressure on yourself to do a hundred tips in a hundred days and then life got in the way and your, your other, your regular work got in the way. And tell me about that time because you kind of talked a little bit on it on um, TikTok, but um, there was this pressure of like, I failed because I did not do what I set out to do is a hundred days and a hundred tips. And so kind of tell me how that all went for you. Absolutely. Uh, So in business, I think we're not taught enough that you have to pivot. You have to be a very, really good pivoter, right? And you might set out with an expectation in mind, like I'm going to do a hundred poses in a hundred days. Well, realistically, that's unattain- unobtainable. It was a goal that I should have known better than to set, right? And instead of just stopping it and going, well, I quit. I pivoted and went, hey, look, they're coming. It's a hundred-ish days now. It's not a hundred in a hundred. Did you go through a, a time where you felt like, oh my gosh, I failed. I should just quit? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I took two weeks off. Yeah. And like, what do I do? How do I, do I just quit? Do I just like slink under and maybe nobody will notice? hundred percent. And I've done that on campaigns. Like I did a, um, delivering your, um, spicy selfies to your partner campaign. I got today nine of 12 and then quit. Cause then Christmas happened. And right. Like who, who wants the Christmas tips after Christmas, uh, knowing that it's okay to fail. And I, I tell people this all the time, especially people I'm mentoring, you are going to fail a million times, but every single time you fail, you're failing forward. You are literally failing forward. You are taking steps in a direction that a lot of people are not. You are, you are taking the time to do something and try something that a lot of people are not. And it's okay to fail because you're at least failing forward. Do you think that there was a, like a, a conversation in those two weeks that you took off where you decided, okay, we're going to pivot instead of give up. Um, and what's kind of the key thing that snaps you out of it to go, okay, this is a pivotable moment instead of a quit moment or a fail moment. Um, all, 
I'll be honest. It's the messages I get from people. It's the, uh, I have felt good in my body for the first time in 20 years. The, uh, my partner travels for a living and I sent himself sexy selfies for the first time. And his response was incredible. Uh, it's the mamas of two that had a C-section and doesn't feel at home in her body. And she is taking sexy selfies and sends them to me and says, I haven't felt this good since before babies. Those are what keep me going to be really honest. Uh, and I set out my TikTok. This is my second TikTok. My first one died at like 550,000 people. So I started over. Uh, and so this TikTok, it was not about the numbers for me. And it was not about the number of likes, the number of followers. My goal every day is to help just one person. If I shine light onto one person's life, I don't know what their ripple effect is because they could go shine light on 20 people. Right. So like my goal every day is just to show up for one. And I realized that if I stopped, I might affect the one. Right. Yeah. Not make that connection. And so for me, it's just about showing up every day authentically in the most real self. So when somebody walks through my studio door, they're like, I know you because you show up authentically online and you're goofy and you fail and you fuck up and you're human and you're all the things. Right. And that's okay. And it's okay to show people that, yeah, it might not work the first time. Heck, it might not work the second or third time, but at some point it'll work. You know, I think that that's when you have that strong, um, strong woman personality, it's like people go, well, it's, it's so easy for them. Cause it just comes natural. <laughs> so yeah. I can't do that because I'm not that person. But, um, I think being authentic of like, okay, well, you know what? We made it to 55 days and we took yeah. two weeks off and we're going to pick up the pieces and we just pivot. And I think that that's so important for women to see. Um, and I, I almost have probably a too strong sometimes desire to like, make sure that I can showcase to women all the facets of what, what we're doing so that they can kind of be inspired all the way around because it's so easy to show just the the good things. And it it would have been so easy for you to take and, and record all your hundred things and not, you know, and then have it all perfectly, you know, curated for people. Yeah, I wish. That's not real. That's no. not, you know, no. that's not how it works. And so no. I think it's just that here, welcome to my messy world. And this is what, you know, cause that's real, that's normal, not, you know, and that, that kind of goes into your photography of like, okay, well, sometimes we have scars or sometimes we have a stretch mark or a roll yeah. or, you know, things that we're not necessarily proud of, but instead of trying to hide everything and, and not yeah. let anybody see it, like it's there, it, you know, people know, right. I mean, I have now had two um, surgeries on my abdomen. I have 10 scars on my abdomen now. And I'm like, it is what it is. Like I'm here. I'm alive. <laughs> like, Yeah. So- yeah. And honestly, celebrating the things that make us human, like failure and stretch marks yeah. and uh, bellies and yeah. dimples, uh, things like that. Like there, we are very human. We don't walk around with a curated filter on us every day. Right. And if that's the only way you show up online, you're doing a disservice to yourself and to the people that follow you because you're showing them that the only way to show up is perfection. Yeah. That's just not it. Life is messy. Bodies are messy. Business is messy. And it's okay. It's okay to be knocked down occasionally, but it's also very okay to get up and dust it off and do it again. 
Well, and that's what I I really hoped that the Powered by Her community has shown people is like, it is messy and not, you know, people think owning a business is, is rainbows and sunshine and <laughs> all the time. And it's like, you know, no. there needs to be a space where women can say, no, this is hard. And owning a business, running a business and kind of learning. I mean, you learned by buying a camera and then just shooting. And so- you know, just getting out there and doing the things and, and learning as you go through things is kind of yeah. the way, way to, to do it. Yeah, no. And it's beautiful. Uh, if you allow it to be beautiful, it's beautiful. For sure. For sure. And I think having a network of people is yeah. you know, kind of is helpful too, of just knowing that there's other people out there and whether they're truly your friends that you're hanging out with, or they're the, the TikTok <laughs> people you're following and you're like, I feel like we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just a representation matters. Like females owning businesses is representation in and of itself. For sure. Like we weren't taught growing up that you could be a business owner. Yeah. We were told, well, are you going to be a nurse, a teacher, uh, whatever, a dental hygienist? Yeah. No, I'm going to be a badass business owner. And it's yeah. okay for anybody behind me to do the exact same thing. For sure. Well, and, right? and- and like I said, in your case, teaching people how to do their thing, your your craft on their own, so they can mm-hmm. still get the end results that, you know, that they're, that you're craving to get women to feel um, yeah. pretty adventurous and, but, but pretty awesome too. Well, and I think to me, the experience when you come into my studio is why people book me. Mm-hmm. The cherry on top is the photo. There's a million of us that can take pretty photos. There's only one of me that can make you feel the kind of way that you do when you leave my studio, right? And so when somebody comes and books with me, I know that they're craving a higher experience than just a sexy photo, mm-hmm. right? Because anybody could take a sexy photo. Anybody could take, set up their camera and take a photo. It's not about that. It's about feeling empowered and letting a random stranger see you authentically in your highest self in a studio that's size inclusive that is gender inclusive, that's affirming, that feels like a hug. And so when you leave, I want you to feel that. And oftentimes when you're doing selfies at home, you don't get that. You're like, oh, I'm just doing it to do it. I'm going through the motions, whatever. And I, the other day I had somebody tell me, well, I I didn't book with you because I don't, I didn't feel like I need you, but I booked with somebody else. And I was like, that's okay. Because if you feel like you didn't need me, then I have showed up for the percentage of people that could never do a boudoir shoot financially. Yeah. And that means I'm doing my job, right? Because it should be inclusive. It should be accessible. Well, and I think it's just, it's like the steps of like somebody being able to look at themselves in a way. I mean, I was somebody who I'm the funny girl. I'm not the sexy girl by any means. I'm the I like to make jokes. I like to be the life of the party, but I'm not somebody that would look at myself and ever feel like, maybe that's sexy. And I think taking those pictures, I'm going to be honest, I I have been inspired in certain And so looking at a picture that kind of was like a pose inspired from you, it was like, wow, that that's kind of sexy. And so I think that's, you know, it's a stepping process of like, okay, like you said, feeling neutral instead of negative is kind yeah. of, the and so that's yeah. pretty awesome. So I love uh, that. How can people go and find you if they want to follow you along on any social medias? Let us know. Absolutely. Uh, on TikTok, I'm the Caitlin Scott. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Caitlin Scott Boudoir and same thing on Facebook. Uh, and then if you don't have any of those, you can always peep my website. It's just CaitlinScott.com. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Anything else that you want to let people know before we sign off here today? Nope. Just enjoy the body that you're in because it's the only one you got. That's awesome. I, I, um, you know, summer's coming up in a couple months and I really encourage everybody to go out there. This isn't for anybody else, but take some spicy selfies and, and check yeah. it out. And, um, I'm, I'm a huge fan. So oh, thank, thank y'all you. for tuning in. If you want to know more about Powered by Her, head over to poweredbyhercommunity.com. That's it.